So we're ending this month of November by talking about something that people just don't want to talk about. Yes, that is males and eating disorders. And this is Chick to Chick. So when we talk about eating disorders, we're talking about binge eating, we're talking about bulimia, we're talking about anorexia, and we're also talking about something that is typically associated with females. Mm -hmm. About three to four percent of all females will develop some sort of an eating disorder, but this also affects men, and we cannot discount that. Although the numbers are smaller, only about one and a half percent of males develop an eating disorder, they also will have a greater tendency to suffer from depression as well. Um, it's something that we don't want to talk about, but we really feel the need to talk about this and round out this month of November that we've been chirping about all male issues with this very issue. Yeah, so we wanted to find somebody who knew firsthand. And I got to tell you, it was not that easy, whether it's because men aren't as forthcoming or they're still in a process and it's still very difficult. But we did find someone who actually has been able to go out and really help other people. So we want to welcome to our podcast today, Matt Shep. He is recovering from um, basically having eating disorders and other things associated with it. So Matt, we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you. It's so nice that you guys were able to find me and I was able to come in and sort of share my story with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So share your story. Can you start with exactly when you developed an eating disorder? Yeah. So I came from a, first of all, like when you think about the statistics around eating disorders, I think you guys were absolutely right where uh, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness because people get diagnosed with oh, they had a heart disease or they had this where really in some form or another, it was a it was a connection or a symptom of their eating disorder. And the same thing goes with men. I think there's so, so, so many men that are undiagnosed or it's okay to be an exercise bulimic and be in the gym for three or four hours. So I think there's so many more men that have it than even what the statistics say because we just haven't figured out how to really bring men into the conversation. Um, I feel like I've always had an eating disorder. I grew up in alcoholism and so I chose food from a very, very early age as a way for me to deal with all of my family issues that were going on. I just didn't have any tools. So I remember as early as second grade, like hiding a piece of cake, like running and grabbing a piece of cake and like hiding it behind the toilet when my mom was coming in and and um, having those having those awkward moments with my parents about what I'm doing with food. And um, as I got older, I, you know, coming from a family with a lot of different um, mental health struggles and, and addictions. I never picked up drugs. I never picked up alcohol, but I picked up food and I knew how to use food to help me study, to help me sleep. And and these are all the things that people don't talk about. What I found out in, in my 30s, I had ADHD, which I think was a huge component with like me using food as a way for me to focus and to get things done. And a whole other side to my binge eating disorder in high school was my exercise bulimia, where I would, I reached a point where I was chewing and spitting food out and I went on a really rigid diet and I would exercise three hours a day and I lost all the weight in high school, uh, literally like out of a movie where like you go home for the summer and you come back and you're like that hot kid and all the girls wanted to date you. And I had a girlfriend for two years. And then when I went off to college, I just completely relapsed back into my binge eating and, and my top weight was 340 pounds. Mm. And um, that's another thing people don't want to talk about in eating disorder recovery is weight in regards to eating disorders, because the 
there's such association around anorexia and bulimia in terms of talking about weight is a real trigger. But I think for men and women, there's this whole other side around obesity that we don't want to talk about where there is a connection to binge eating disorder that we have to be willing to start having that conversation around. And so that's really a huge part of um, what I try to do is, is share that truth. I think what I heard you say when you were talking about your family and using food, would you say that this is really a control issue? And was it a control issue for you that you felt like your life was out of control and food was something that you could control? Well, for me, it's, I think it was more about like the act of stuffing. It was the act of stuffing my feelings. So I already knew I had no control over the things that were going on in my life. So for me, I had no tools or way of really talking to people about what I was feeling. My parents were focused on other things. So for me, it was that act of stuffing my feelings. So, and and, and that's really what it was. So I would stuff my feelings and then I would emotionally blow up later on. So even in my family, I looked like I was the crazy one because I would finally have these emotional outbursts and they'd be like, Matt, like get your shit together. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So when you're in this position and you are fluctuating between, do you know you have an eating disorder? Are you aware of that going on with you? Number one. And number two, a lot of men don't know how to reach out and get help. What did, what did you do to, you know, basically find the diagnosis and get some help? Right. So I think the important thing was, first of all, I always thought like the weight was the problem. Mm. And if you look like culturally, we talk about, oh, I have a weight problem. It's like, no, you don't. You have a food problem. You have an eating problem. And so there's just a lot of language that we have to start like letting go of in order to really get to the core issue of what it is. And so for me, I in high school, I remember after I lost all that weight and I started gaining it back, I still have my journal and I have journal entries where I'm drawing pictures of a fat version of me, like really sad, like things. And I'm saying in there, I even wrote in there, like, I can't stop eating. So I had an understanding of it, but I couldn't connect it. And so that was when I was like 18. And then when I was 21, I had moved out to Los Angeles, bought a one-way plane ticket. I was over 300 pounds and I just hit bottom. Just like a drug addict hits a bottom with with drugs and alcohol, I was practically homeless. I was choosing food over shelter. And um, I had a friend who was in AA. And I remember her having a conversation with me about her drinking and this and that. And I really made this association between that with, with, um, with my eating and recognizing that it was an addiction. So there's a lot of like 12-step programs for not just addicts, but also for people who struggle with with food addiction. Um, There's Overeaters Anonymous, there's Food Addicts Anonymous. So there's a lot of different ways that you can go seek help that aren't, you know, just traditional therapy routes as well. So for me, I just knew in general, I needed a spiritual component to my recovery. And that was one way that I found it. You really have gone all over the map with this. Uh, you know, <laughs> seriously, I mean, most yeah. people think of a, an eating disorder and they think of somebody being bone thin, you know, right. scary bone thin. But you've described a situation where you were stuffing yourself and then you got really thin and then you went back to stuffing yourself. Um, did you ever feel like when you got really super thin, um, I mean, this is serious. People die from this. You know, we hear of the Karen Carpenter story. Yes. Um, right. th- that's a, a famous. Did you ever feel that way? Like, if I don't get this under control, I mean, I could die. 
I, for me, it was a different experience. And I think that, I mean, when I was thin, it was about controlling the food and it was powerful. It felt very powerful. Or when I'm exercising three hours a day, it felt very powerful. So for me, when I was at my bottom, I didn't want to die, but I knew I knew I didn't want to feel anymore. Like, I think that's the thing, too. I think that we think that hitting bottom and getting help has to be about this life or death. But it can also be about this complete, utter sense of like just emotional and spiritual death where I I got to a point where I was using food to feel good. But then my bottom was that I couldn't stuff my feelings anymore. It just became too much for me to deal with. I couldn't stop the feelings. So it was me not being able to stop the feelings that made me get help, you know? And I knew in that, yeah, eventually I would die. But that's the thing too with, with eating disorders, it's a slow death. It's a very slow death and it hurts. It, it really affects the people around you. You know, if you have an alcoholic, like they can get in a car accident and they can die or someone can OD. But with food, it's, it's, it's a very slow, slow death with eating disorders. Yeah. And some people aren't even paying attention to see that a person is having that. So Matt, where are you today? And also what could you give as advice? If there is um, a male who's out there listening to our podcast and they know that they have an issue that they haven't been able to come to grips with, with food, what advice would you be able to give to them? Because it sounds like to me, um, you say you're, you know, so recover, you're recovering, um, yes. that it's always something that you're probably going to work on. So whatever you tell yourself, what advice would you give to, to someone else? Well, I think the first thing is like, you know, losing weight or acknowledging that you have a problem or changing how you eat is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a much bigger journey that we're all on to kind of becoming more of who we want to be. And I also think for me, I had to acknowledge that like the food was just a symptom. My weight was just a symptom. And I think a lot of men, there's a lot of um, cross addiction. So for me, like a big part of when I was morbidly obese was addiction to pornography. That was a huge component of it. Um, there's a, a, when I got thin, there was struggles with love addiction and codependency that I didn't know that I had. So there's all these different sides to it. And I think the thing is, when you know you need help, be willing to be awkward, be willing to be uncomfortable and be willing to be crazy. Because it's the only way we get better is when we start to get uncomfortable. And like I had, there's a saying and, and that I love. It says, you can't save your face and your ass at the same time. And, <laughs> Wait a minute, say that again. I love it. You can't save your face and your ass at the same time. Got it. Perfect. And, and like just whatever your struggles are, let them be the thing that helps you, that gives you your story. You know, we all have a story to share. And, um, you know what? The most the most masculine uh, uh, thing I can do is to just own my shit and to be honest about it and, and be willing to do the work. And it's amazing what honesty has brought into my life. So for any men who are struggling, you know, look up compulsive eating or go talk to another man who you think might understand. Or you know, there's so many. There's Google. That's the thing. The way I, I found what I needed was through Google. Because um, the more honest we are, the more willing we are to get the answers we need. Well, you look great. Uh, we're so happy to hear that you are doing well. Mm -hmm. And we want to thank yeah. you for sharing your story with us. It's an important story. You have a powerful message. And um, we just 
Thank you again for being open and honest with us, because it was a struggle to find a guy who was willing to talk about it. So right. thank you. Thanks. And the, and the timing of it real quick, the timing of when you chose me to come on, I literally on Friday celebrated 15 years of abstaining from compulsive eating and maintaining a healthy body weight. So it's, that it's, is it's fantastic. So Bravo to you. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, wow. Yeah. You know what? We're ending this month of November on a positive mm -hmm. note. Um, here's a guy who was struggling with an issue, but he was willing to talk about it. Yes. He was willing to get Take help. Action. Mm -hmm. And now he's doing so much better. Yeah. We appreciate Matt for telling his story and we appreciate you for tuning in and listening and watching. And we hope that you will be back with us when we're chirping about another topic. Thank you.